We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we are inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, guys. I'm Esther. Um, Obviously, I am not Lexi. Uh, (laughs) Lexi is actually our guest today. I am the producer of the debrief, so I'm kind of behind the scenes normally pressing buttons. You're still pressing buttons. What people can't see is that you're talking to the microphone, hosting, and pushing all the buttons on the soundboard right now, and that's impressive. So So if I make any mistakes, we're just going to roll with me, please. (laughs) Be nice, but um, and I'm Seth, just rude, also so <laughs> right. I'm Seth today. Um, Esther, I'm looking forward to this time debriefing with Lexi, as you said, as our guest, because we've talked before about talking to dads after abortion, it's an important dialogue. But today, we're going to talk about a conversation where a father did not feel guilty for his abortion and what you do with that. Yeah, so Lexi, how do you feel being a guest this time? You're, you did a great job on our social media and as a host here, so. How are you yeah, doing? I am overjoyed to be a guest instead of having to um, ask the questions in this because, you know, um, if you've ever listened to any past episodes, sometimes I can struggle with my words. So maybe this time will be a little less words, actually probably more talking in this episode. So sorry about any of the errors that I'm going to have in the next 20 minutes. And Lexi, we might be able to, we may would say what state you're from, but I think everyone can probably tell from your accent where you come from, right? Yeah. Um, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get it. But okay. All right. So let's move on to the dialogue. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. We're all tired. It was raining today on outreach. Yes. And so we're a little bit fried. But Lexi, you had a great conversation today. I remember looking over again and again. It was the same guy for, what, 40 minutes that you're talking to this guy? Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about that conversation and kind of how it started and kind of where it went from there? Yeah, so I was talking to this guy named Matt. He um, came up to me, or I asked him what he thought about abortion, and he said that he's for abortion. And I said, "Why is that?" And he said, "Abortion saved my life." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What do you mean by that?" Um, and he said, "Well, if I didn't have an abortion, it would have completely ruined my life." And I was like, "You had an abortion." He's obviously a man, um, but I know what he meant. I don't know why. I re- pushed back on that. And he said, well, my significant other had an abortion. And so basically the whole conversation was talking about his experience and his girlfriend's experience through the abortion. Um, and then getting into the personhood and the humanity of the preborn. And by the end of the conversation, he realized that he needed to be forgiven for the abortion that he took part in. Okay, hang on a second. So you just flew over the whole 40 minute conversation Mm -hmm. with a massive spoiler. This gentleman at first, Matt, he did not feel guilty by the end. He was feeling guilty for his abortion. Is that accurate? That's what you said. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, he was, by the end of the conversation, he was asking me how he could be forgiven for the abortion. That's how much it was moving him. And so it was definitely a different sort of conversation than I'm used to having with people who are post-abortive. He was definitely more open to having conversation and talking to me through what happened with his circumstance. Um, and then not only just talking about what happened in his circumstance, but finding out the truth of the humanity of the unborn. He he said that he had never researched or looked looked into the personhood of the preborn before so he couldn't answer that question whenever I was asking him if the preborn were human or not. And so Esther, I know you were there too, but our listeners were not there, right? So they weren't out in the rain standing there watching this happen. So normally we think about this might be the kind of conversation you'd have outside an abortion facility where a father is driving by and sees you, but what kind of outreach were you ladies doing today with the rest of the team when this happened? 
Yeah, so we just showed up with A-frame signs um, that show victims of abortion and also other preborn images as well and helplines for mothers in need who are pregnant or who are post-abortive. And we just simply go up to people. Um, this time it was oh, the Ohio State University students. Thank you for putting the sorry, in there. I know, seriously. Ohio I roll. people are weird. I'm sorry. It's cringy. But it's a little weird. It's true. It is. Um, but so we were talking to those students today, just going up to them, asking them what they thought about abortion. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So, Lexi, I know I remember the first time someone told me that they had had an abortion. I was an intern and I just froze. I remember we were running to Ian afterwards. I was like, what do I say? Because um, that's just like even now um, when people tell me that they've had abortion, my brain kind of like freezes for a second. So how did you kind of respond? Like, how did you initially feel like in your head as you're hearing this man's story telling you for the first time that he had had an abortion? Yeah, well, it kind of well, was right at the beginning of the conversation that he told me that he had an abortion um, or his girlfriend had an abortion. So it was different than getting into a 20 minute long conversation and then him finally admitting that he had some personal ties to it. So I was able just to start off the conversation by focusing on him and his girlfriend. So I just simply asked him, well, how are you feeling and how is your girlfriend feeling after having that abortion? It was about a year ago when they had the abortion. Um, his response to that was that his girlfriend was kind of traumatized or was traumatized for a few months following that, but he said now she's okay with it um, and now she's fine. So right there, so he was telling you he didn't feel guilty about it, but right there when he admitted that she had trauma, there's already some something pointing to a problem with abortion. Did he unpack it all the kind of trauma that she had experienced? No, he didn't, but he said, I said, um, well, why do you think she felt that trauma? And he said, well, she had like maternal instincts that had kicked in by then. Um, and so having the abortion really affected her in that way because that child was obviously gone. He didn't say it in those words. So then I got to point to the personhood and the humanity of his child that that is his offspring, that is his child, scientifically speaking, that is um, his son or daughter. Um, and that is why she felt like that. Yeah, so I know when we're outside the abortion facility, oftentimes when we talk to mothers and fathers going in, we do tell them, like, look, you're already a mother, you're already a father. How was that telling someone who'd already gone through that abortion, who didn't see that they were a father, didn't recognize that? I know for some people it can be nervous to, like, challenge people on that idea. You don't want to offend mm -hmm. or make people upset. So how did you go about that when he, he doesn't feel guilty, he doesn't see himself as a father? How do you talk to someone and try to tell them what you did was wrong and you that was your child? How did, how did you go about that? Yeah, so basically I started off the conversation after we established that there was some trauma with the abortion and that they were post-abortive. I went into, well... We know that that's a human being, right? Like, do you agree with me that the preborn are human? And to that, he said he didn't know. He hasn't done enough research um, to know that. And so then I went into 
um, how we know that the preborn are human beings. And then we had to transition from that into how we know that all human beings are persons, right? And so it kind of was a very natural transition to establishing the personhood, the humanity of the preborn and connecting that to his preborn child and to the fact that that child died. So um, throughout the conversation, I kept referencing back to the loss of his baby girl or baby boy through the abortion. I even described to him um, he had an abortion, his girlfriend had, um, a pill abortion. And so I even described to him how the abortion was done and he didn't know. He thought the first pill, he was like, it cuts off the blood. And then, um, the second pill is just a backup pill. And I was like, that's not how it works. So I, I explained to him how the abortion worked and how his child was starved, um, cut off all nutrients to that child. And then the second pill is what made her give birth to that child. Um, but that child was dead. And so all of those things, talking through what the abortion was actually doing, really um, helped the conversation get back on track to what his, his responsibility in the abortion Let's talk about that. So uh, I think that's we're seeing now, especially anyone listening, the importance of giving the information as you gave to him. He was not aware of how the baby was killed. That's very important. I'm also curious, as you, I assume you were talking to him a bit about his story, the reasons. Why did they choose an abortion? Did Matt share that with you? Yeah, so he said that he's a full-time student, that he was there for on a scholarship, and that he doesn't have any money, and that his girlfriend doesn't have any money, and his parents wouldn't support him. And so... He said that he actually reached out to Planned Parenthood, um, who they gave him a referral to some financial assistance place. Um, he didn't have a name for it, but he said that he gave those people a call and they said that they couldn't help him financially. To but guess who could help child. him? Planned Parenthood, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you definitely, um, just a little tip for anybody, don't call the people who are going to get hundreds of dollars off of you going through with the abortion to help you get other alternatives to the abortion. Did he have, did, did they ever look at a pregnancy resource center for help? He's never heard of a pregnancy resource center in his life. He's heard of Planned Parenthood a lot. That's why he went there. Can we just talk about that for a moment? Yeah. So, I mean, they have all this, like, money behind their marketing. PRCs, these pregnancy resource centers, don't have these massive marketing campaigns like Planned Parenthood does. Yeah. But, Esther, like, what are the numbers of these places? Okay, so this is the crazy thing, and I am I always tell people this all the time during outreach. Like, well, what are you doing for these mothers? Like, We're doing so much. There's over 2,000 pregnancy resource centers in the United States. And there's only huge. around 700, if that, abortion centers in the United States. Mm -hmm. So dwarfing we have well more over places it, yeah. that are like working to help these women throughout their pregnancy, providing financial aid and all those other great resources for people in crisis pregnancies. Then there are people killing these, uh, killing the children. But we don't know about them. People don't know about them. And I know there are people who are trying to help boost the, these websites, these PRCs to help people who are looking for abortion or looking for help where they can get access to them. But most people, they we have trouble finding them. But Planned Parenthood is at the center stage of this entire debate. And so everyone, when they think of an unplanned pregnancy, they think of Planned Parenthood, which are the very people that are profiting off killing those children they're mm -hmm. not gonna help you find all these resources some might 
But oftentimes their goal is to get you to come back and have an, the abortion because that's what they're going to get the most out of it for. So Esther, when you say PRC, Pregnancy Resource Center, I assume a lot of our listeners know what that is, but maybe you could, could you reach out to our producer, Esther, and ask her to drop that in the show notes for everyone? Yes, Option line where they can connect. Do that. Look <laughs> at your show notes every week. I put little resources down there. There are things there for you. So that's super important though, because I mean, just that, that's a whole separate conversation, but how Planned Parenthood has the name recognition, the brand awareness, and everyone knows to go to them. Even and people tell me they think some people have told me they think it's pro neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Planning parenthood. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're killing babies. And if their name was killing children, they probably wouldn't make as much of Yeah, I don't know headway, if they right? make as much. So money okay, Lex, I'm really curious. So jumping mm-hmm. back in this conversation with Matt. So how do you balance uh when you are wanting to talk to him, he's not feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, this this Matt, this individual, he needs to understand what he really did, but you don't want to just jump in with full-on apologetic hard mode. You want to know about him, but you kind of want to balance asking about his story, sympathizing, mm-hmm. or showing concern, not sympathizing, but showing concern with for him while also pressing him. How do you balance that, and have you seen any changes over your past uh, time doing pro-life work where you've tried some new strategies to try to really get to someone's heart on this issue? For sure. I've definitely changed a lot um, in the past two years of being here at Created Equal. Um, I'm the first to admit that it's really hard for me to connect with people and get into emotions with people that really um, is hard for me to do. I feel very uncomfortable doing that. But um, in this conversation, like asking people about their feelings and how things affect them, that is just like my biggest nightmare. Um, And so doing that though, in this conversation, I saw the benefit that it made for like our conversation, but made for him being able to open up and really talk through it. Like, I don't think that they, like he and his girlfriend have really brought this subject up since like, Uh, maybe almost a year, you know, they talked about it for the few months that he thought it was traumatic to to her. I bet she's probably still struggling. It's not like one day she woke up and she was completely fine with it. So um, yeah, there was definitely a great reward for um, balancing both sharing the truth, being really firm. I definitely didn't um, hide the way that I was feeling, um, towards what he did. Um, and I was very blunt in what I was saying, but I was also saying it out of a love for him and a love for his girlfriend. And so I wasn't like the tone of voice I was using was very calm and conversational, but what I was saying was very blunt. Yeah. So Lexi, if you're going to give like, say three tips for someone, if they're in this conversation, they they're on outreach and someone tells them that they've had an abortion, three things, three questions or three things for them to just quickly have in mind. So when they enter into that conversation, like three steps, what do they do? Yeah, I would um, start off by asking, how do you feel after having that abortion? Um, And then depending on their answer, you know, you could kind of go in different directions. Um, But other things you can do, one, um, share the gospel with them, that there's forgiveness in Jesus for all of their sin, not just the abortion. And that's a really big thing that I try to do every single time if they're willing to stick around. And then also just sharing with them that you lost a son or daughter, you lost a little baby girl or a little baby boy and letting them know that it's okay to feel guilty for doing that. Like that's okay. That's like a normal thing to feel guilty for. Um, But you don't have to stay in that guilt. You don't have to stay in that shame, but you should feel that on some level. Yeah, I know a lot of people I've talked to, whether they're fathers or mothers, they all at some point have felt this guilt or they have struggled, but they feel alone in it because 
in our society, we have this idea of shout your abortion, mm-hmm. like celebrate it. It was good. Like even Matt said that it was good for him. Mm-hmm. It helped him. It was what they needed to saved do. Saved his life, he said. Uh huh. Yeah, saved his life. So this helps them like talking about no this guilt it's under you there's a reason why you're feeling this guilt Mm -hmm. there's a reason why you're struggling and it's okay to feel this pain because something terrible did happen Mm -hmm. and sometimes knowing that there are other people as well who are struggling with this and that there's a reason for that that it isn't this great thing that is going to solve all their problems the fact that it didn't solve everything is a testament to what happened you they can help find community and help start finding that healing by recognizing that they're not alone in it. Yeah. And I think something that was really interesting with um, the conversation with Matt was he even admitted um, towards the end of the conversation that the reason why people have abortions is because we're selfish and that all Mm. human beings were selfish by nature. And I didn't even have to bring that up. He brought that up. And um, I think that really pointed to him figuring out, oh, I made a really bad uh, decision and it was because I wanted to put myself first. So a lot of our conversation then was revolved around putting other people before ourselves. So what I want to get into, Lexi, I think that's super important, but I'm curious, I'm seeing the clock tick down. We'll make sure we get to this this, um, topic and that is how you, in the end, when he kind of made the move. So you talked about his story, talked and kind of pressed him on the humanity of the baby that he had lost, letting him know he really has a son or daughter, Mm -hmm. just a dead son or daughter and this should affect him uh so you're talking walking through all of this and then he admits okay he asks that question it's like every christian's dream right so how can i be forgiven right uh-huh. the kind of question that you just lay at night hoping wish, someone will ask you yes, someday right please, Lord, please peter ask writes me this. exactly ready for someone to ask for the reason for the hope but will someone ask me he asked you today yeah. right so uh, first of all, i want to take a step back and ask you you know we a lot of people say like okay talking about abortion it's not um it's like it's not a gospel issue it's a political issue like we see very clearly here the connection to how this is a moral issue mm-hmm. that clearly points to the gospel and so i think that's important just to step aside for a second think about that because what we are doing is not at all in opposition to the gospel it's a part of sharing the gospel mm-hmm. right because matt him being aware of his guilt pointed to the need for forgiveness and you don't need forgiveness um, unless there's someone you have offended. So there's a God he had Mm -hmm. to find forgiveness through. So now let's come to that point. How did you walk him through? Like, what is the gospel? What did you tell him? Uh, Was it just like, Hey, you know, move on. You're happy. All things are good. Or did you actually, what was the, what was, what did you relay to him there? Yeah, well, I told him that actually all of his sins could be forgiven, not just this, uh, not just the abortion, but every single thing he's ever done in his life that was wrong could be wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. And that was the first time he's ever heard something like that. Um, I explained to him that God loved us so much that he sent his son to live and die a brutal death on the cross for us, taking our punishment for us. He was our sacrifice um, that if we would trust in him, surrender our lives to Jesus, all of our sins could be forgiven. Um, So I told him just, you know, pray to God that he would forgive you of all your sins, repent of your sins, ask him for forgiveness for all you've done and surrender your life to him. He loves you so much more than your girlfriend could ever love you. I told him that and he was like really shocked by that. I was like, he created you. He sent his son to die for you. He loves you so much. Just trust in him. And so he kind of asked me a few questions about that. And just to make sure he was trying to understand what I was saying. And by the end of the conversation, I think he got it. 
Um, he definitely didn't just pray on the spot, repenting of his sins, um, falling on his knees, but, um, in the rain, <laughs> yeah, in the rain, that'd been really dramatic. It would have been, um, <laughs> with your umbrella, it was yes, holding right. <laughs> yes. Um, maybe he went back to his apartment though. And I was hoping he would talk to his girlfriend and stuff about that. I really encourage it to open that conversation back up. I'm sure she's still feeling something. Yeah. So you left him with three main ideas for him to kind of dwell on and uh, think on more after this conversation that was impressed into him the during this 40-minute conversation mm-hmm. in the rain. So recapping for people, what were those three things that he walked away with by the end of this conversation? He walked away um, with knowing love God, love your girlfriend is how he uh, recapped it, and also abortion is, is not a good thing um, and that the abortion was not right. So Lexi, he left this conversation knowing that he needed to love God above himself and what his own desires were, that he needed to love others, particularly his girlfriend, (laughs) and that to seek forgiveness for this abortion that he now understood to be wrong. That's amazing how that he kind of went from saying, I think abortion's good for some people. It it saved my life to Mm -hmm. a total reorientation of that entire event in his life that is going to have an impact on him. Mm -hmm. I think that's a super important point. I think what we see happening as we wrap up this dialogue is that so often people, uh, whether it be their past with abortion or just their um, pro-abortion advocacy or whatever it may be, the things we do are often so focused on how they affect us. And Matt walked into this conversation about abortion saving his life. Now he's been moved outside of himself to thinking about the trauma of his girlfriend, about how he offended God. He's orienting himself around other people and hopefully, most importantly, around God. And Mm -hmm. that's huge because we are so focused on ourselves how things affect us. And so I hope all of our listeners, as you're listening to this and kind of as we're wrapping this up, our goals should be not only correcting someone's ideas, right, on whether abortion yes. is in hype in theory, right or wrong, but moving them to orient their lives around others, loving the babies they create, and most importantly, ideally, mm-hmm. loving God mm-hmm. and trusting in him and in the work of his son on the cross for us. Any other thoughts as we wrap up this conversation? Um, yeah, I just want to say to anybody, if you come across somebody who's post-abortive and you get the com- the time to have a conversation with the- them about it, um, really take the conversation slow. Don't rush into, you know, trying to change their minds, um, but really take the time to get to know that person. I mean, I only had 40 minutes, so that's not really getting to know him very well, but asking him intentional questions about who he is, why why they had that abortion could really soften their hearts to be open to hearing the truth. Yeah. And don't be scared to talk to someone who's had an abortion more than likely they're hurting. And so they need someone to encourage and come alongside them. I had a conversation today also with a guy who had had an abortion. And so don't be afraid. Just ask some good questions, ask them how they're doing um, and what you can do for them now. Point them to really the hope that they have on the cross that they can be forgiven. And that's really what ultimately they need to hear. Amen. Well said. All right. Well, everyone listening, now it's up to you. Go out and have the conversations, share the truth, save babies, and help people who are carrying heavy burdens. And also, please subscribe if you haven't already to our podcast, and please leave us a five-star review. It makes a big difference as we're trying to get this out to more people. You can also find us on our social media or just go to createdequal.org. But for today, thank you for joining us. We are Created Equal, and this has been The Debrief.